0: hi everyone it's jack from the pod here um just a quick note to let you know that you know this pod is for entertainment purposes you know and these are these are our opinions um and it's yeah it's just here to have some fun and hopefully you know provide some insight so don't take this too seriously um and please keep that in mind when you're listening thank you very much enjoy the podcast Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of From the Backseat Football Podcast. Um, It's a midweek special today, so Champions League, Group Stage 4, and we are talking about all of the English teams and how they're getting on um, in their various campaigns. We've also got a bit about Juventus and just the the hot mess that is them, and a little bit about Kylian Mbappe because he's imploding, which means France are not going to win the World Cup, which is fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Your usual lineup today, so co-host Jack um, and my co-host Hugh. How are you today, Hugh?
1: I am very well, thank you, Jack. Very well. Um, It's still warm here in London. Don't know about you in Porto, but we're still touching like 19 degrees. So I'm loving this autumnal weather, actually, which I didn't think I would. So yeah, life's good.
0: This is it. This is one of the rare benefits of global warming and climate change, is that (laughs) summer can now be all the way through to early December. (laughs) <laughs> and winter can be this, all the way through to May.
1: It's perma-summer out here in London. It's it's fantastic. So, Listen, yeah, mate.
0: England is rubbish you. in a lot of ways currently, but the way it's going, people are going to be coming to England for their summer holidays soon. Because Some- our weather's going to be about right. <laughs> Everything else is going to be unbearable. We're going to be alright.
1: Some say Eastbourne is going to be the new Marbella. You didn't hear it from me, but signs I are always, looking good I so always
0: far. knew it I always thought Eastbourne Cocktail Club could be up there <laughs> <laughs> Just remember the one time I went, ECC ECC <laughs> I remember the one time I went and they'd covered all of the sand all of the floor in sand and I thought <laughs> yeah. yes th- they've got aspirations this place you know this is Ibiza by the sea just by to clarify it,
1: that is the only sand to be found at Eastbourne as well Despite the numerous beaches on the seafront, there is no sand to be found.
0: That sand was actually imported from abroad. It was imported (laughs) from Marbella.
1: (laughs) 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 So good. Um, But yeah, anyway, it's been a good good round, I should say, for the English teams, bar one. And probably the one that we expected the least to have any problems Mm -hmm. uh, going into this match day, match week, sorry. So, yeah, I mean you must be elated. I actually checked the scores at half-time against Rangers-Liverpool I thought, here we go again.
0: And I know, I, I, I woke woke
1: the same. I woke up today and I've seen the score, i watched it and thought, what the hell has happened? So, should we jump in?
0: 100%. Rangers won, Liverpool 7. That's right. 7. Whoa. 7. It's crazy. crazy. Yeah, it got out of hand quite quickly, this one, to be honest. I think 3-1, the game was basically done. And then Mo came on from the bench. Turns out, Mo Salah doesn't like being on the bench very much. He took so that very what? personally. He took it very, very personally. There's some weird narratives going on between him and Son this season. Both had pretty underwhelming starts. Both of them were the Golden Boot winners jointly last year. So, And then they've both been benched and come on and like both scored a hat-trick. So, weird stuff going on. And then this midweek, they are both standout attackers really well Salah was one of two standout attackers in this game but yeah Son and Salah seemed they seem intertwined to their destinies this season real synergy going
1: on here yeah yeah Um, yeah I mean it was funny when he was celebrating he he did not look happy I can't even say it was celebrating to be honest I don't think he was celebrating he was he was bloody fuming wasn't he to have been left on the bench
0: it was only after the third goal that he actually celebrated before that he was livid (laughs) I, I think it was relief why. though as well I think it was relief yeah. I, think he, I think he knows the thing about Salah right is that he either looks quite clumsy when he's trying to force it um, and he's trying to make things happen when they're just not quite on so like mm. he might dribble a bit too much and just run the ball out of play or scuff his shot you can tell where he's not in the zone trying to force things and this just felt like him recalibrating and everything just seemed back in sync so perfect timing and a welcome return for the Egyptian king
1: yeah, I mean, it's been a bit quiet for him this season, but he—I always wonder if he needed to be dropped, though. You know, I know he's obviously unhappy about it, but do you, can you get that bit between your teeth unless there is some sort of repercussion for bad performances, a la Trent, and to an extent, Salah, right?
0: A little bit of jeopardy, a little bit of competition because mm-hmm. his replacement, Firmino, who I guess he was on the right. It was all very confusing, and very fluid. He didn't do bad either, so there is genuine competition up top which is nice. Everywhere else mm. is looking still a bit, bit turgid, but good signs. So yeah, my man of the match, Bobby Firmino. Two yeah, goals, one backhill flick assist, of course, trademark. Just generally sensational from the man and he now has eight goals in 11 games across the Premier Champions League this season. By comparison, he scored 10-27 and 27 last season in the same competition, so he's already almost matched his output from last season in half the games, so he's playing at a much higher level than I think any of us expected I mean we were looking at trying to trying to get rid of him potentially mm. in the summer and at this point he's getting a new contract for another year or two so I'm very happy to see it because he's one of my favourite players just hasn't been that good in the last 12 months
1: Now I have a theory on Bobby Firmino which is he is one of the only attackers along with Diego Yota and Louis Diaz uh, before he was injured to show a little bit of impetus up front and I wonder because Bobby Firmino had a very understated role last year. Some might say he was a bench warmer last year, and maybe I'm not sure how many games he actually was involved in. But I I would put my house on the fact that he probably started less than half of the games Liverpool played last year. Um, yeah,
0: definitely. I can confirm he started probably like a quarter. He he just had niggling injuries, and then he just wasn't in the team. He didn't play very well. He did come on. Yeah, really but I wonder place.
1: if that rest from last season is the reason why he's kicking on this season, and why some of Liverpool's most regular players last year maybe have regressed slightly.
0: Um, I mean, that makes perfect sense. I, I, yeah. I can understand that. So maybe, yeah, maybe we need to look at who was who was not used last season. I'm looking at you, who Ox. wasn't.
1: Yeah, who wasn't used and abused? I mean, Ox will come on for two games and then go out for six months again. So you just can't. I'm rely. pretty sure he's already
0: injured anyway. But I'm oh. looking at you, Ox in particular. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, players like that make sense. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, honestly, I'm here for it. I'm loving it, and long may it continue because we need as many form players. And so hopefully, he can carry it on into the weekend. But there's quite a big game. Anyway, i had a soft
1: spot for Bobby Firmino. I do think his assist for Darwin Nunes was completely unnecessary, but still looked great. It and was, you know, it was so Bobby Firmino is back to his best when he starts doing unnecessary stuff. Like no look. Yeah. No look shots and fucking exactly no what was
0: it what was that what did he do he just I
1: don't he know just, what he just that. did
0: a flick for no reason there was no <laughs> justification was, yeah,
1: just to hit it with his, I know he still looked cool though
0: <laughs> it did and then yeah just a very nice finish from Nunes who mm. you know scored in back-to-back games now yes I was going to say getting back in the team
1: mm-hmm. so
0: I feel like I'm, I'm liking I'm liking what I'm seeing I mean our whole view of forwards is so distorted now because of Holland, but he's making a reasonable start now he's, he's yeah. not, he quite dangerous he makes good runs his finishing is pretty erratic still but there's definitely a player in there he just needs there's a bit a of there's a player pushing. in there
1: he's definitely a confidence player isn't he he needs mm-hmm. to feel the love from the media from the fans he needs to yeah he needs a little bit of um, an arm around the shoulder kind of style but yeah it's looking promising for him and he looked really pleased doesn't he He always looks pleased when he scores yeah he, he loves, he loves can't it he absolutely a loves player. it yeah and it's a good finish
0: it was a good finish. It felt it felt a little bit in slow motion. I'm not going to lie, but that is you know forty year old McGregor in goal. So I guess sometimes he does look a little slow to react.
1: Yeah, where was the McGregor from last week? I tell you, who was he, this think, McGregor?
0: I think he might have needed more than a week off after that game. He left it all in <laughs> Anfield, every single bit. His knees are numb. Yeah, <laughs> his knees That's were what I mean, it he's been anyway. sitting down all week, just like, yeah. <laughs> just putting like tiger balm on his legs. trying to recover
1: (laughs) the thing is though with this game is that the result the scoreline sorry kind of doesn't really sum it up at half time it was pretty it was pretty even wasn't it I wouldn't have put a lot between the two sides at half time
0: no I'd agree with that in fact in a broader sense Rangers started really well and I wrote here in my notes as day turns to night Liverpool started slowly and conceded the first goal yet again so predictable i've got a new theory right i've got a new way to, to solve this because yeah we need what we need is more more discipline much more discipline so i think the whole team the whole starting 11 gets a fine if they concede the first goal moving forward <laughs> until they stop doing it every time it happens they all get a fine collectively because it's a joke in a and sense
1: they probably do though don't they because the clean sheet bonus will get ruled out which I'm sure yeah but that's a bonus I'm
0: talking weekly wage 50% chopped oh. straight up <laughs> they don't need the money fuck it give it to charity oh. then they can feel good about it at I least mean, when they fuck up nah, they all go it to wouldn't a good work pause. it wouldn't work Trent would just
1: concede too many goals and it'd be his fault and then everyone would start hating Trent even the players it just wouldn't work <laughs> it wouldn't work Look,
0: that's what uh, I'm saying because it's getting out of hand now we can't be letting let no. Scott Arfield, 30, 34, 35-year-old no. Scott Arfield, Scott score the first Arfield. goal and get that much space. So I am proposing a very, very large salary chop, if we could see the first goal. I'll allow Man City this weekend before I implement this regime, if I was going to yeah. do it.
1: Maybe post Qatar. maybe think about it. It is a worrying trend though, isn't it?
0: It's, it's a joke. I think it's 12 in the last 14 now we've conceded the first goal it's always early it's not like you know we get to half time we're always Mm -hmm. behind at half time or parallel I'd I'd love to see the stats on how often we're leading at half time it's got to be 10% of the time maybe at this point so
1: I don't know what's going on it used to be you guys with the fast starts
0: I know that's a minor niggle in this game but you know it's just a worrying habit so Jürgen if you're listening chop the wages mate (laughs) <laughs> enough, enough is enough They're not listening to you So make him listen I'll be honest
1: I feel like Jürgen's getting To the point where he probably Is considering stuff like that though He looks yeah. so angry these days He used to love clock Because of kind of Charismatic demeanour But now he just looks like a A nasty old man To be honest with you
0: Yeah mate They're just taking liberties They're just They're just taking liberties With old mm. Uncle Jürgen I'd like to um, see
1: um, Some Some graphics About Liverpool's form Since he stopped Wearing glasses I think this is key. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when Klopp was wearing glasses, he was untouchable. Untouchable. Since he's taken them off and he's got the teeth fixed. I don't know what it is. Hmm. But this is not the same Jürgen. This is like Jürgen Do <laughs> <laughs> To think that's
0: what it is. Jürgen Clap?
1: It's Jürgen he's like, Clap. He's Jürgen's back home in is, Germany in somewhere.
0: Appearance. He's lost his appeal now. They're like, I don't know you you've changed
1: yeah honestly it does for me anyway I don't know about Liverpool I don't know how you feel but I do feel like I liked his busted teeth and his kind of dad glasses and I don't know a bit more charm about I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about to be fair hopefully this has no bearing but I swear to god when when did he get laser eye surgery and when did the drop-off start happening (laughs) you know because maybe it's on Jürgen and his 2020 vision maybe it's on Jürgen
0: Let's add a note at the bottom of this, have a look into that, because that's an interesting thing. (laughs) When
1: did you get laser eye surgery?
0: (laughs) When did it happen? And then we look at the record since then. (laughs) Look, stranger things have happened.
1: Ah, man, you know, you've got to think outside the box.
0: Um, Alright, what else? Joe Gomez started right back, and he was very, very similar Mm -hmm. to Trent. Bit sloppy early yes. on, gave the ball away, then got an assist going forward with a great cross. Great Joe ball. Alexander Arnold should keep his spot for the foreseeable. <laughs> he tracks back better, yeah. the rest is good for Trent. And even if he does the same stuff, people are gonna be on his back a lot less.
1: Yeah, I mean I said in the last pod pod that replacing Trent with Joe Gomez means that you don't have that outlet from the right hand side. And he's proved me wrong. So Look at you. Uh, you I
0: don't know his
1: nice. game at all I clearly haven't been watching Joe Gomez enough so Joe Gomez, Gomez
0: well zero Joe. club career goals you know nothing <laughs> <laughs> you know nothing of his forward play
1: hey that was a tasty cross I pointed to the space where he wanted it and boy it did he deliver
0: it was annoying. Yeah. he's got a point to prove mate so why yeah, not that. he's another one that. low on game time last season get him in
1: get him in get him in yeah it's good to Gomez see in. back as well I thought I'm Cano- Canato had a really good game actually
0: just a good player. Like mm. he's just good he's got very good recovery pace, which we definitely need. That's the only difference between him and Matip. Matip's better at carrying the ball forward and playing straight from defence into attack. But Canada is just better at yeah, recovering and mopping things up. We probably need that right now.
1: Yeah. I mean has he just come back from injury?
0: I think he was injured at the start of the season and we've been phasing him back in. Back he's been in. on the bench a few games. Yeah
1: yeah I mean the way Matip started this season I wonder if Canate should really be taking that first first team role even when Matip's back anyway
0: potentially I mean Matip was undoubtedly one of the best centre-backs mm. on form last season mm-hmm. like he was outperforming Virgil van Dijk at times which kind of went under the radar but yeah if Virgil's undroppable then something else is not working so I just don't think
1: you can drop Verge. I feel like he'll never recover if you drop Virg. I don't know why I feel like that. I mean he should he shouldn't be protected, but dropping Verge is like a massive statement. Bigger than, than dropping Salah, for example.
0: Yeah, I, I feel that. There may come a time, but for now I think Canate makes sense. I like mm-hmm. him. I'm a fan.
1: I'm a big fan. Great block as well in the second mm-hmm. half.
0: Yeah. It's just a unit. And he's young as well. So, you know, better bed him in. Just get get him used to it. Make him the new leader of the back line. Mm. Um, who else? thought it was a nice game for young talents both Elliot and Carvalho started Elliot in particular I thought had a really really good game yeah um, the way he links play the way he carries the ball and yeah he just get he gets back and he gets forward he's just a really good player to be honest and I was very happy that he got his first ever Champions League goal after some very very long VAR Salah was particularly pleased for him I feel like yeah a I saw that father son like maternal thing yeah. they both they both are supposedly playing in the same position Elliott's supposed to be his backup as a left-footed. When he came in, left-footed mm. winger. There does seem to be a
1: bit of chemistry between the two. They obviously are quite fond of each other. Um, I yeah. think Elliot was the first to congratulate Salah on the first two goals as well. So yeah, that was nice to see. Word on Rangers though, what the fuck happened <laughs> that second half? <laughs> How can know. you go in one-one? You've got a cauldron of noise at the Ibrox. You know, one-one's a decent, decent scoreline for you as Rangers to be going in at half time. How do you undo all of that good work? How do you concede six? What on earth I think, happened?
0: I think after the third went in, the heads dropped and it all went to shit. Salah, I mean, it was one of those games where on another day, Salah doesn't score any of those goals.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Let's have a look at Salah's XG versus Rangers last night.
0: So I think it was just one of them where their heads started to drop. Salah just scored with every single shot he had since when he came on immediately. And mm-hmm. then after that, it just came over.
1: Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. It just seems, mentally, you've got, not not weak, but something's not right to let it have six goals after half-time in the manner that they did. Yeah, a 5 but hat-trick is phew, outrageous. Don't
0: forget, as much as we, we like Rangers as a, like, it's good to, for them to be back. This is their first season back to Champions League for a long time. Um, even qualifying is quite a big achievement. They had a good run last year in the Europa League, or Conference League, I think it was the Europa League, Um, but yeah it's their first season back in the Champions League so they Mm. are thoroughly thoroughly underdogs in the group they are solidly pot four
1: (laughs) I'm not convinced you know why Liverpool's XG was 1.95 in the second half and they've conceded six so if Copenhagen can you know do what they do to Man City if if Circle Bruges can do what they're doing I don't know like I understand there's a dearth in quality and there's a bit of a drop off but we've seen more resilience from other sides. Yeah,
0: we're, no, they, they, they gave players. up. They 100% gave up after the third one. Um just
1: yeah. one of those things, really. One of those things, I mean, look, I, I can't sit here and say I watch a lot of Scottish football. It just, seems, it just seems like a massive... I don't know what's happened. Either Jurgen Klopp has given all the Liverpool squad loads of inhalers at half-time for their <laughs> asthma
0: right <laughs> <laughs> fucking that juiced up really copites mate up this season. <laughs> that asthma's catching up the shortage of inhalers point. in Merseyside it's fucking bullshit mate <laughs> Man City Man City keep like yeah. cutting the tyres of all the trucks delivering the <laughs> <of the> inhalers By <laughs> the way over.
1: Man City got sick of the asthmatics mate he's not he's had enough yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just you know we know that people with asthma are those generally humble good lads <laughs> Uh, to anyone system. who
1: does no idea what on earth we're talking about, there, there is that salacious rumor from a few years ago that Liverpool have reported that their squad have, I think it's something like ninety percent of their first team squad have asthma and therefore allowed to use. Yeah. I think it's Peds or not Peds. Sorry, they're allowed to use their inhalers, which gives some sort of benefit, supposedly. PEDs. None of this is proven. They're allowed to use
0: all enhancing drugs because of it. That's <laughs> what it is, mate. That's what it is, mate.
1: They're not asthmatic, mate. <laughs> I mean yeah. yes unproved
0: yes. unconfirmed um, some call it marginal gains and I'm one of them and if you think mm. that Pep hasn't got a shitload of inhalers now he fucking does mate <laughs>
1: you know <laughs> I he does get back on, I need to get back on the path maybe Rangers need some inhalers because yeah that was shocking second half lads that was shocking yeah. you're definitely not coming back to Champions League if you continue like that so how does let's have a look at the groups how are we looking going into the groups
0: so Napoli 4 out of 4 slapping everybody Mm-hmm. Liverpool, three wins out of four. One more point to qualify now, which is nice. Um, Easy. Ajax, Ajax, Ajax are going out currently, or sliding into the Europa League, it looks like. Yeah, unless yeah. they drastically change their fortunes. And, yeah, Rangers are probably going going home.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's head-to-head, isn't it, Champions League? So Liverpool probably it going through it anyway. Yeah. So we beat an
0: Ajax once, so we just need to draw against them and then we're through, basically. Napoli are going to slap us again, so...
1: Mate, happy days. I mean, Liverpool did the job that they needed to do, and did it with a aplomb. So, exactly. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. It's maybe they're going to kickstart their season, Jack. Who knows? Maybe well, this is the result.
0: I did think afterwards. Next up is City. So this was very good preparation because they didn't have the best performance, which we'll get to at the end of this mm. podcast. So this was something at least. Key players got a rest. You know, Salah's just suddenly decided to start scoring again, which is and. Good from where we were at on Monday in terms of my fear levels we've at least moved a couple of percentage points closer now to each other I yeah. feel like uh, it's not 100% city destruction it's now 95% which is nice
1: yeah I mean another negative result here and it is so doom and gloom on Merseyside so I think seven ones. I think that was, that was needed I I think no mercy approach that Liverpool took in the second half was completely warranted on this occasion and um, And I think Rangers were just the unlucky team to get in their way.
0: Again, the caveat is that it was Rangers playing terribly, so who knows?
1: I mean, maybe they are just absolute gash and the golf in English and Scottish football is ridiculous. But hey, we haven't had any listeners in Scotland yet, so I'm not going to bad talk them. Just yet. (laughs) Just yet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no comment. Right, let's let's move on to the next game. Tottenham 3, Frankfurt 2. I've got a fun thing to say about this game before mm-hmm. we get into it. Come on then. And here, this is a question for you. Is yep. this the first Champions League game in history where both teams have had an Asian player score a goal? Oh. I
1: that
0: couldn't find really any statistics question. on it, but the fact that Kamada scored the opener and then Son got two makes me suspect because you know we've had good asian players in the in the uh let's
1: say east asian i think if you say asian it's too broad because obviously that covers like the middle east and whatnot but east asian yeah. talking korean and japanese in one if game. we're talking
0: east asian i cannot see how it's possible i mean there's usually one east asian no. on the pitch occasionally
1: yeah no i don't i think you're probably right i don't know how we could ever verify that i don't know where people pull the stats from but it is very rare very, very rare. I've never heard of Commander either. Um, so, yeah.
0: He's a 26-year-old boxer, box midfielder, Japanese international. Nice. They, they have two two Japanese players in their team, which I thought was quite cool.
1: Oh, nice. Ah, big up East Asians. Let's get it.
0: Yeah. We out here.
1: Come on. Yeah, I mean, the Son, we all know Son. Son had a great game, eh? Um, I was... I was a bit surprised by, by Spurs' performance though for For a Conte side they just didn't look solid at the back again which is the foundation that his whole style is built on what is it about Conte ball that doesn't work with the Champions League
0: I don't know and that's a really good point because they did concede two rubbish goals again I mean let's hmm. talk about the first goal specifically so for those of you who haven't seen it uh, Tottenham have the ball it's a goal kick goal plays it to Romero as a right, right centre back right. yeah um, he turns it turns back and just plays it to Dyer in the middle no pressure at all Dyer's touch is like I'm oh. in school and I play football for the first time in like my Clarks it is mm-hmm. so heavy that Frankfurt dispossess him cut the ball back and blah 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 it ends up being laid off to commander to score it's, it's unbelievable there's no pressure really on him it's very no. gentle and yeah, you're gifting it a goal was, away like that it was so terrible and it, it just reminds you that as good as his form is this is still Eric Dyer, and he does do this sometimes, he does have brain farts and he was one of a few English centre-backs having a very bad Champions League midweek
1: say that again Harry so Maguire
0: yeah. is moving up that pecking order mate, solidifying his spot by not playing
1: Harry fucking Maguire, ah, oh, you know, don't bring him in. I don't think Dyer's is quite at Maguire levels yet, but yeah, he's no, bad. But it is Maguire's
0: a... not starting, is he? Maguire no. Maguire is. Oh, she...
1: Yeah, I was such a car walker out now. It's a big worry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Dyer. I've never rated Dyer. I'm just gonna come out and say it. I've never rated him when he was a CDM. I don't rate him as a centre back, and he's just he's too able for those mistakes. Like it, it happens too often with Dyer. Um, and yeah, I it's totally agree that easy goal to give away. It's
0: I've always been unconvinced. I remember when he was being linked with Man United, and I was so pro this deal because I was like, "He's not that good, I don't think." So if they're gonna make him their key defensive midfielder moving forward, I'm all for it. Like you guys go yeah. ahead, you spend that fifty mil.
1: Yeah, I think, I he's think he's Romero's just solidly average. He's yeah,
0: Exactly. exactly. He's, he's just solidly. I don't know. Wolves level or Southampton level he's just a mid-table guy who was in Portugal so I don't know it's just he's got he's got something about him he's got capture yeah. England that's what it is
1: Conte obviously rates him just like he rates Emerson um, but yeah it, it just strikes me it just strikes me I mean I am saying all this to be honest like Tottenham have our top of their of their of their group with with two games to go so It was a very big win for them, we should say. In
0: the context, this is the closest group and this was a massive win for them. So, that was good. Because now they've got two big games against Marseille and Lisbon to finish. So, this is the one you needed to win.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a really exciting last two games in their group. I really don't know who's going to take it still. Um, Are Frankfurt maybe one of the worst teams to be in the Champions League this year? It's really hard to call because they won the League. I know. I think they're so having think a trash good, year in Bundesliga though I don't even know where, where are they
0: They do seem really rubbish In both these matches I was surprised How rubbish they, they looked like Just like the crossing is just Slow and inaccurate And the shooting is not that great But then they have only lost by one goal At the end so mm. they're very confusing mm. I think they're just victims of their own success And that they lose their best players Every summer and they just get asset stripped And so yeah, there's maybe. always a drop off At the start of the season as a group Develops together,
1: yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to judge, isn't it? But anyway, Tottenham's well, Son's first. Let's start with Son's first goal. We'll go on to Son's first goal. More telepathy between Kane and Son. Are they the best striking partnership currently in English football? No. Who's who's a better partnership?
0: De Bruyne and Haaland. Oh,
1: don't know why I'm not counting them. I'm just not counting Man City.
0: What's the think top you can assist maker a... and the top goal scorer?
1: But I don't know if you can call them a partnership yet. If it's you know what a I mean, do you reckon it's, it's definitely in the same a way that Son and Kane are a partnership? Though no, do you know not what I mean? in the
0: same way. But in terms of when De Bruyne gets the ball, he looks for Harlan immediately and he tries to find him every time.
1: Yeah, fair. All right, I I'll let you off. I will let you off. Either way, them two but have got something special the longevity, going on
0: between them. Yeah, they are they're elite. There's no partnership like that in terms of longevity.
1: I am starting to... Sorry, I'm just watching my cat claw at the door. Mate, again. come on,
0: focus. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we're going to have to start a fucking cat podcast. <laughs> oh, this is
1: just like the intense look in her eyes is brilliant. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, I've come to appreciate Kane more and more as a playmaker. I didn't really like it at first. I thought he was always dropping too deep for the ball. But when it comes off, it does work really well. He's a, he's a bloody good striker, isn't he? modern-day striker.
0: He's, Center forward, I should honestly, say, now. He's phenomenal. I think he's still underappreciated how good he is. Yeah. Because he's he's genuinely one of the best hold-up strikers. He's one of the best finishers. He's one of the best penalty takers. And he's also one of the best passers. Mm, his like passing is unreal. His passing's like up there in the top five probably in the league, which is something you'd attribute to midfielders, for example. Mm, mm. But, yeah, he's, he's honestly got it all.
1: Yeah, I super impressed by Kane super super impressed by him last night and let's talk about the penalty (coughs) do you think it was a pen
0: Mm, I think it was a pen I enjoyed how annoyed Jakic got about it though yeah he was super upset it it was one of the clearer pens that I saw this this midweek for sure Mm -hmm. the only caveat was that it did seem like Kane was already kind of falling over but that's more that he just wrote a challenge I think than looking for it you I don't, don't know, know Kane, Kane because sometimes he does look for pens, doesn't he?
1: Kane's got excellent gamesmanship skills. So good that with these pens, you know, it he he has made a meal of that, but he the way he does it is so clever that it looks natural. You know how some players are like are so blatantly cheating? Or you know, like it's a dive. Or they've made him like Gabby Jesus is probably a great example when Thiago touches him. There's a little delay where he actually registers the contact and then goes down like a sack of shit. Kane Goes with the motion. Of his, do you know what I mean? Like every time he goes over it, it looks like a legitimate sound. He's, he's a master.
0: He's the master. Bars, mate.
1: He is. There's a lot of shit. room with, with Harry Kane? And people don't talk about it enough. <laughs> 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 he's done it again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do remember there was that period where Harry Cade was getting a lot of flack because he'd back into people. Yeah, they'd, yeah, they'd like yeah. Fall yeah, on their yeah. neck. And some yeah. of the some of the commentary was amazing. They're like keeps doing that someone's gonna die they're gonna break their neck on a (laughs) football pitch that was the only Um, time he started to get rumbled for this
1: yeah but I wonder if he's kind of stopped doing that now hasn't he so yeah
0: because he got rumbled mate and the last thing he wants is any publicity
1: any bad PR for Mr Kane Mr England himself yeah exactly
0: Mr Clean he just likes Um, goals and wholesome life
1: but the thing is is like I really don't begrudge a player for trying to get those marginal gains in terms of penalties and if you are that good at kind of simulating without actually simulating you fucking yeah. do it. You fucking do it. So you know, I, I've got, yeah. I've got no quarrel there. On to the actual penalty. Terrific, wasn't it? Just
0: he's, standard, mate. he's so, just so good,
1: good at pens. Yeah, he's just unreal at pens. And you know, like we said before, the fact that he practices days before it actually really shows. But like, I never feel oh, it like. Really does. Yeah, like every every pen's clinical. He, missed he actually missed against Nottingham Forest. Did he? I think he actually skewed it wide, or maybe Dean Henderson saved it, I can't quite remember. So he's missed one already this season, but oh, on, the yeah, whole, I that actually. on the whole, on the whole, he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal at pens. so dare I say that I'm finally, like, warming to Harry Kane in the top? No, no, I'm not, actually. I'm going to edit that out, I'm going to edit that out, I'm definitely I not.
0: <laughs> look when he's when he's on the way out you can appreciate him you can appreciate him on the way down he's still when he's 36 with no trophy
1: yeah. wins in his career I'll be happy with when him when he's no
0: longer a threat you could appreciate yeah. him
1: yeah yeah exactly do you think uh, he's going to beat right. Shearer's record I know we talked 100. about it last week you think he is <sighs> we need to make a bet on this because I honestly don't think he will
0: yeah okay what what would you like the bet to be listeners and we probably won't do it but you know fuck it engage Let's see.
1: <laughs> Jack will uh, shave his hair off or I'll shave my eyebrows off. One of the two. Oh. I think mine's worse actually. I don't know why I changed mine for eyebrows, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> my eyebrows are like fifty this percent of my identity. Now. Yeah, I know. it's permanent Yeah, cock please don't break quite it Quite
0: significant eyebrows as well. I think you look very If fine I
1: lose if I lost my eyebrows, I would look like a fucking nutter.
0: You look like a serial killer.
1: Wow. Well, listeners. Let us know what you prefer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so yeah. what,
0: what else? Mate, we're doing Son such a disservice, mate. His second goal was so nice. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. Let's, let's, let's rewind.
1: Son's second, absolutely slapped that. The technique on that left foot. Phew. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's, it's on the volley. It's a very awkward height as well. Yeah. He yeah. just he just follows it through. It's, it's just in the roof of the net. It's unstoppable. Unstoppable. It's unsavable and it's just a sign that he's he is he's still there. He's just a bit worn out I think, but he's definitely still there. Yeah. Yeah. If Son is getting back to his best form then it will transform Spurs from where they are at the moment, which is a bit turgid, a bit boring, but they don't really concede that many goals at least mm. in, the, in the Premier League. And Son then they're in this elite counter attacking team where he finishes all the moves and they win 4, four one instead of draw 1-1. One, one. I honestly think yeah. it's a He's I mean, for in the end of all the moves,
1: for all the hoo-ha about his form, blah 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 blah. In thirteen Champions League and Premier League games, he's got five goals. It's not an awful return, is it? Obviously, we're taking yeah. the two in from last night into account. But he is that kind of player. Like he's not like Kulisevsky. He's not a link-up player. He is like full throttle finisher, instinct, technique. Do you know what I mean? Like all he needs is a couple half chances to to make his when mark.
0: He's an elite finisher. Two exactly. He's, he's a predator. Only, he has the, the intangibles is that those stats are a bit misleading because he's only scored in two games out of thirteen as well? Sure,
1: sure. But the history books won't rem- remember that.
0: No, they won't. But that's why people <laughs> feel frustrated. Because yeah, he but scores a hat-trick in 20 minutes and then... Goes he's the always been like that,
1: though. He is a streaky player.
0: No, you don't get he the goal a streaky player. His streaky yeah, but that that was the
1: streak of all streaks, like, let's be fair. But I mean, throughout his Tottenham career, like, it's never been. He doesn't dominate games. He's not like he's not elite pressure,
0: you know. I don't agree with anything you're saying about about Son. Son is the goat, mate. Son is the greatest Asian player of all time. And Ooh. he, I think, every season, by the first season, he's far outperformed his XG at Tottenham, which means that he is elite at finishing um, and oh, just streaky.
1: He's elite. He's elite. But you can't,
0: you can't be streaky because it means you miss you miss easy chances. It means he buries the hard chances. Bruh, chances. No, I'm sorry,
1: he does miss quite a few easy chances too. And Only when I say he's not an elite player, I'm talking his all round game and is you know, like his pressing is non existent.
0: No, 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 no. What do you what? mean no? What are you what are you on about? What are you
1: on about? No. You on about? Have is, you how many times has Son, son just yeah, you know, pressing. ran blindly at a player but like completely not the correct tactics to press, mate? puts them onto their, like, stronger foot. You know, like, he puts the willingness in, but he's not actually good at it. Like, I I have to disagree with you there, man.
0: No, you've got your Arsenal bias on. I'm going to find you a compilation clip, and it's just going to be sod-pressing. It's just going to be sod-pressing people, and I'm going to send it to you, and then I'm going to put my fingers in my ears, and I'm going to (laughs) turn off my phone.
1: I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it, because I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced at all.
0: Yeah. Well, fair enough. All right, let's move forward anyway. Um, Last random point on the game. Marek Goetzer was on the bench for Frankfurt. It's quite weird. That's I wasn't expecting weird.
1: That. That's well weird. What? Right. I thought he was at PSV.
0: Nope. He's at Frankfurt. And it's quite sad to see him not even get off or, you know, uh, start on the bench for Frankfurt. But yeah. he's always got that World Cup winning goal. So he's he's dreamed a dream, mate. He's lived. Even if he's fell off since then. That
1: is crazy. He proper fell off. He has... He's only 30. <laughs> I know. Jesus Christ if he was what when he scored that World Cup winning goal in 2014 he'd been 22 world at his feet and it just never got as good again Mary that is Goetzer really is strange. the
0: modern Michael Owen
1: didn't he have health issues
0: yeah but as in like he peaked so early that by 25 he was actually done and well on the decline it's just no one knew same as Michael Owen same player
1: mm, I think it's a bit harsher though so he has a metabolic disorder turned out to be myopathy a muscular disorder which affects the fibres in the muscles meaning they do not function correctly so with that in mind can't really can't really yeah. slate him too much can no, you? No, it's,
0: I'm not saying him I just mean like he burst onto the seed and he was like the single brightest German talent and then due yeah. out I mean Michael Owen was just he just he just got broke so many times that he couldn't play football properly anymore.
1: Too much mileage yeah. in his tank as well wasn't it Michael Owen? Yeah, when was at Liverpool
0: You know, Ghost has obviously had health issues Which is not his fault either But it just means The expectation means that you you can't look at their career And see it for what it is mm. always see it as like oh, A missed opportunity Even though he was genuinely one of the best Yeah, even though Any he had a better best career best. Than
1: like 90% of all footballers exactly. ever Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you always see it as a wasted opportunity But I think that's a credit to how good he was
0: Well, Exactly you thought he was going to kick on and be Germany's main player for the next 10 years. Yeah. But, sad times. But, yeah, mate, he's immortalised. So, I'm sure yeah. he's not too sad.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> he had a good run. But, yeah, crazy stuff. And with that, let's take a break. <laughs> Welcome back to From the Back Seat. We are going to run through the next two English Champions League games. So first off, we have AC Milan 0 Chelsea 2. And the run for Porto continues. Um, more of the same, really, wasn't it? It was a weird game. I feel like the game got ruined in about the 20th minute when Tomori got sent off. But Look, Hugh, it's not Chelsea's fault, is you it? Set it's position, not Chelsea's fault.
0: You set a position that refs cannot ruin games for red cards. So I think what you mean is that Tomori had a stinker by the... The Hugh uh, philosophy. Oh, what was he doing? You know, putting go- his hand in on. In Mount true
1: Sh- philosopher style, I'm just going to debate myself, like <laughs> Emmanuel Kant. Um, I mean, the Emerson one that I'm that we're referring to was 100 percent Emerson's fault. But this, oh, I don't know. I feel like the penalty was was a punishment enough. Did you need to send him off as well and just ruin the game? I feel like Juve ultras or inter-ultras have paid the ref or threatened his children because it seemed like a really controversial call. Considering how he refereed the rest of the game, it was not in line with how harsh that decision was. So it was really weird.
0: I have to say, all jokes aside, I totally agree. I think it was unnecessarily brave from the referee to award it. Maybe by the letter of the law, he's the last man, it's a goal scoring opportunity, but it's the 17th minute and it's quite a gentle tug. I think a yellow and a penalty is very sufficient more than sufficient I mean I'm pretty sure there were worse challenges in the same game that weren't penalties so yeah man this is
1: what I mean like it's it's just very very inconsistent and it's nice to see that clearly European refs are the same if not worse than the ones we've got in our league you know refereeing standards are an absolute piss poor state at the moment I have to say like every game every other game there just seems to be controversial decisions or inconsistencies with what's happening. Truthfully um, but I did feel
0: we can only blame yeah. ourselves, can't we? As fans, as pundits and general enthusiasts of the game. But you slate referees constantly over a fifteen year period. Unsurprisingly, people don't really wanna do that job. It's like being a a traffic warden, for example. You're just gonna get so much grief. Mm. It's not really worth it. Might as well just get another job with the same salary if you're gonna do it. So mm. we gotta we gotta bump up the salaries yeah. for refs, I think, if we wanna get good quality ones.
1: Dare I say it? I miss Clattenburg and Howard Webb. Do you remember them too?
0: Who does remember Howard Webb? I miss Howard Webb. He had a certain authority about him. He didn't get flustered.
1: Mm. Mm. He was—he's a police officer, wouldn't he? His real job. So he brought that police officer aura with him. Yeah. yeah. And he was a big unit, big bald unit. So perhaps. Yeah. Uh, here's a radical. For here's, a, here's
0: a hot take. We have done a hot take for a while. Should ex-professionals be encouraged to become referees? I'll give you an example professional footballers John Terry is the referee I think he's going to get oh, more respect oh no
1: no oh could you imagine the flack he, he could, how could you how could you hire someone like John Terry and expect them to be impartial to every team in the league it's impossible isn't it
0: he doesn't referee Chelsea games come on all right
1: no, but even if you referee a Liverpool <laughs> match versus fucking Southampton, do you think any Liverpool fan is going to be uh, happy with that? I've chosen, yeah, a, I've chosen a very happen. poor
0: example because already no, I'm imagining no, like underneath his referee outfit is <laughs> <he's> still <laughs> he his off. Chelsea kit from 2012 <laughs> and he comes yeah. off and he's just too footed slide to prevent the goal. He's still Chelsea. That's...
1: I like the concept though. Okay. It would be nice someone, to see a, a, a recognised individual in the middle. Someone without, without
0: bias. Someone sensible.
1: Unfortunately, it's impossible, isn't it? It's impossible. Like, even in commentary, even when we're doing the podcast, there is a bias towards our teams, subconscious or otherwise. Yeah, that's um, true. And it is impossible. Eh? So I think we've just got to suck it up and accept VAR for what it is. But I always feel like VAR, kind of like how society's going, is like because it's making it so kind of... Easy for referees. The like referee standards will just get poorer because you've got this box correcting every decision or do you know what I mean? Like your authority is undermined I by a box and a man in a stand so ultimately it's, it's just gonna make referee standards get worse.
0: That's a very good point. Technology in general is making us stupider. Like I have forgotten how to spell basic words because I don't need to learn to spell them anymore. And I I, exactly. I realize this. Exactly. It's actually slipping. Because what's the point? The computer's just gonna correct me anyway, so I just roughly type something in the facility. And then it, it does it. Yeah, and I guess it's the same with referee. Yeah. You just, yeah, you, d- you don't have to worry about you make it a decision. Right, and then if it's wrong, you just yeah. go check anyway. I mean, we'll, we'll get on yeah. to I think the ultimate VAR game of all time, definitive <laughs> next. <laughs> but yes, in yes. summarize, game was ruined basically. One goal, one goal down, one man down, game was over. Chelsea boss proceedings again. I feel a little bit bad for Ace of Milan because they didn't have a chance to redeem themselves and have a proper game back in San Siro but yeah, you know Chelsea look really good there's a calmness to them and a, like an incisiveness um, which there's a game plan now they look they look really good actually and on a on a broader note they made a lot of changes again all three goal scorers from the weekend didn't even start this game and they looked so good still I d- like their strength and depth is actually disturbing. I this is very hyperbolic and might be a hot take. But I'm genuinely struggling to think of a time where I've ever seen a squad so stacked with like players who don't drop the quality. Because it it's every position plus more at this point. And then you know the Academy's good as well, so it wouldn't be an exaggeration to say there's at least twenty five genuine first team players in that Chelsea squad plus another five, you know, in the unders. And this is what happens when you have the biggest transfer splurge of all time and you have a world-class academy and it all comes together.
1: Mm, yeah, I mean, we said it last week. If you look on paper, they have one of the, s- the most in-depth squads in England. Maybe maybe even the most in-depth squad in terms of, you know, as you say, maybe two first-team quality players in each position I think,
0: across the whole squad. Yeah, I think the two, the first team and whatever is the second team, however... You as a listener want to create those teams. I think they both qualify for Europe in the Premier League, maybe not yeah, the Champions League. Yeah. but I'm pretty sure they both. If you
1: blended them fairly, yeah, let's say you just didn't stack one or on the other and you just balanced them out fairly, then yeah, easy,
0: easy. And that's pretty crazy because um, that's 100% not the case for any yeah.
1: team. No, no, I mean, Chelsea have spent a lot, haven't they, the last couple of years and. I think, I said it after Potter's first 3-0 win in the Prem. After Milan, the first, the first game against Milan, like I can see it being implemented more and more, and it worries me because you know Potter hasn't had quality like this in terms of his squad before, but he's still making you know the performances go above what's expected. So he's doing that with a Chelsea squad, where really the expectation is to be challenging. And God knows how far they can go. And I do have some stats to back it up where I know it's a small sample size but I'm going to hit you with it so two calls seven games managed this season matches played seven goals for eight goals against ten expected goals per 90 is 1.2 expected goals against per 90 is 1.1 and expected goal difference per 90 plus 0.1 so expected goal difference is when um, how much more goals they're expected to score against the opposition Mm. right so you can see that 0.1 is like near on across the seven games, like they're neck and neck each game. Yeah, that's now, not
0: much in terms of what you would assume is better players than generally. You'd expect especially as the quite squad a big, disparity. A big
1: disparity. Exactly, they're so stacked, right? The squad's so stacked. You can't you shouldn't there's no excuses for that. Now, admittedly it's a small sample size guys, but just to give you an idea, Pot is five games so far. Goals for eleven, so three more than two calls in less games. Goals against two, which is five times less than two calls. Expected goals per 90 is 1.7, so again a 0.5 rise. Expected goals per 90 again, sorry, expected goals against per 90, 0.6. So almost half what Tuchel's was. And maybe the biggest factor, expected goals, um, expected goals difference per 90 compared to their opponent, plus 1.1 under Potter. So they're dominating games. So what you were saying earlier about how, you know, they're actually dominating and, you know, they've got a game plan. It's absolutely right, mate. It's absolutely right. It's backed up in the stats as well. Um, that's very, that's is, very good stats. I
0: say that's very interesting because that is quite it's a radical difference. Times. With, I mean, it's not like he's changed anything really. He's got the same players. The system is quite similar, at least on paper. Mm. Um, but it's a radical difference in terms of what their output is and what they're actually doing. Some of it is probably just down to being tired of two court. I'd imagine. I think there's, I think Always so. elements of that. I think
1: there is. I think there is like. A lifespan for managers. I don't think we're ever going to see the twenty-year reigns of Wenger and Alex Ferguson ever again. Because I think I think players need an injection of new ideas every three or four years. I think it's perfectly acceptable now for a manager to to have a lifespan mm-hmm. and for it to be cyclical. I don't think we should we should look at these kind of legacies and fucking you know long-ass tenures because yeah, it's just natural now in football, isn't it? Like almost like every team needs to re to be re-energized every three or four years. That's how you get success. Look at Chelsea's old model. You know, they would always do that. And they, they, they went way above what could be expected of them, really. Real Madrid operate in much the same way. You know, they have their cycles. And
0: That's ah, very interesting. I don't know. Maybe they were right all along, good. Real Madrid and Chelsea. Maybe this was actually the best way to, to run a football club. I mean, Watford have taken it to a new level, admittedly. So we know, <laughs> yeah, we I mean, know yeah. how far you... <laughs> <laughs> you can swing before it gets wildly out of control but
1: Watford's good yeah there's, there's Chelsea real good if you get Watford, to your third yeah, manager in the right. same
0: season you've gone too far and it's time to rein it back in yeah but yes
1: but think about you through like if we expand on that let's say you played on the Wenger and you knew no matter what when you come into training it's the same your spot in the squad is going to be the same do you know what I mean like you will get naturally you'll get complacent when you but if there's someone, in the, someone new in the dugout every three years um you know, trying new stuff and... I don't know, like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm overthinking this. I just think maybe actually the way that modern football is, it naturally makes better, you know, because then you're always progressing.
0: It's probably just a societal thing that people just desire more change these days in general. Like, with work, people like to change Mm. jobs a lot more regularly than they used to, so it's probably just that. People have shorter attention Mm. spans these days, so the message gets, gets deleted a lot quicker. So you need different voices and different opinions all the time in order to keep you engaged
1: yeah that's a good point
0: um, that's a good point right Oli Giroud we like Giroud on this podcast he's a good lad but yes, he had to. two headed chances one in particular quite soon after the penalty mm. which was just it was such a good chance to know, make the game 1-1 and that. He's, you know he's a man he's a man with a lot of experience in the game and he's a good header of the ball and yeah, he just completely missed the goal. And did he miss another one from a corner? So I think he might still be a Chelsea man. Those are my thoughts.
1: <laughs>
0: he's undercover. I <laughs> reckon
1: Todd's, Todd's paid him to thing is is like Giroud for someone who you expect to be absolutely excellent at heading, he is pretty poor at heading. Not pretty poor, but I wouldn't say it's as strong as a tribute. When when you look at him as a target man, you'd think to yourself, surely like he's 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 got to be one of the best headers in the game but he should have put that away. It was almost harder to put it wide like he did than actually hit yeah. it on target. I think is He's an enigma,
0: thing. isn't he, Giroud? Do you know what? Neil Mopé is like a wish version of Giroud because Neil Mopé will score the hard goals but then he'll miss the open goal and it's a bit like Giroud. He'll score the scorpion kick but then he'll miss that header. But yeah. Giroud being the gold standard, yeah. obviously Mopay's not anywhere near that. But they just remind me of each other. They're French and they're very erratic. I do
1: wonder... I don't know what I wonder actually. I wonder if Italian football again, you know, Italian football. I just don't know if it has a place in like European competition anymore. Because their style of play is is like you get one or two massive moments, and then the rest of the time you just set up, um, you know, really defensively, really compact, really narrow, really solid. And then you know you hope these one or two break. It just doesn't work against teams like Chelsea. No. Or to be honest, it doesn't work against Spanish, German, or English teams anymore. Really, if you play like that, you have to play expansive football, especially in European competition.
0: I totally agree. Um, I think ironically, because you're
1: soaking it up the whole time, you're just going to lose. Well, you know, you can't you can't bargain on that anymore.
0: Of the last few years, the team that I think has made the most impact in the Champions League is the one that's the least Italian, and that's Atalanta. People were excited mm. about them. They were quite a scary team to play. They may not have been that good, or not necessarily got that far. But they got to the quarterfinals, I think. But they're the team. They're that an feel, exciting team. Yeah, though, they yeah. feel most geared towards Champions League. Italian teams who are stodgy. When's the last time a stodgy team won it? It's all the way back in like 2010 with Mourinho.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if this is, you know, AC Milan got the Serie A last year, and if they won the league based on this football, like, it's not gonna, it's just not gonna cut it in Champions League level anymore for me, anyway. And I just wonder if it's if it's a stylistic problem actually, as opposed to like, you know, I
0: think it's just a money problem, unfortunately. unfortunately. I think Italian football was just suffering from not having enough money and losing. Although, saying that, the Premier League don't import many players from Italy because historically they've been very mixed to poor overall. Mm-hmm. But then you look at Lukaku as just one prime example, which is actually pretty good for this game. Like, banging goals for Inter Milan, comes to Chelsea, didn't work for him, straight back to Inter Milan. I don't know how he's doing now, but just shows there's obviously a difference. Same player and after is quite different though Um,
1: yeah yeah exactly so last
0: question for you then on this Aubameyang Mm -hmm. are you ready to eat humble pie on this transfer because you said it wasn't going to work but he's scored his third goal in five games now no (laughs) (laughs) who saw that coming
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean look it was a good goal yesterday wasn't it it was was a really good finish actually on the near post to be fair to him and that's what he's good at but I reckon he's off at the end of the season and then you know if he goes on a free, is that is that a success? guess it depends I don't really think it's a success depends what happens do you know what I mean I mean maybe he's going to be a revelation under Potter what I didn't when I said that I was speaking about him and Tuchel now everyone's looking reinvented under Potter it's a bit harder for me to say it was so much chest but imagine that I, st- I still don't think it's going to work long term I still think he's a toxic guy and I think he just likes living in London to be honest with you yeah I feel like
0: ridiculous Lamborghini is it Lamborghini?
1: Yeah, the one that's wrapped in like that metallic. Yeah,
0: like the gold trim. metallic glitter. Aww. This guy, he's kind of tacky, isn't he? Yeah,
1: um, yeah. I don't know. I still don't think it's going to work long term. But then you know, if it works this season, then I will have to eat some humble pie.
0: Yeah, mate. I mean, what was it? Fifteen mil? Twenty mil?
1: Oh, Barca have pulled our pants down with that one. I can't believe how this is actually transpired. I know. Imagine paying him off of his contract to go for free to Barca, who have then sold him six months later for 15 mil. We didn't even put a sell-on clause on the fucking guy, so we're just, like, handing free money to Barca. I mean, fair play to him. Fair play to him. Like, they've pulled a lever on us. Do you know what I mean? But
0: Who knew that Arsenal was one of those levers? <sighs> I didn't.
1: And for all the clubs he's gone to, he's gone to Chelsea.
0: <laughs> he's gone to fun. Chelsea right. oh. he's
1: got an Arsenal tattoo on his left arm he's gone to Chelsea I can't believe this oh
0: it's you crazy. love to see it you absolutely love to see it he's he's uh, right. I could foresee the scenario Adebayor moving to Tottenham what does he do he scores against <laughs> Arsenal he runs the entire left of the pitch I can see that with No, I City, can see that yeah, yeah, yeah. he runs so. all the, way, Arsenal the fans way will the
1: Baseball. Arsenal fans will be booing him. Kiss of the badge. November the sixth, November sixth, we played him at the Bridge, and I am so worried about that. I can't wait. If he scores against us, honestly, like he's gonna be enemy. He's gonna be like the most hated Arsenal guy since Van Persie left us for United.
0: There is something about Arsenal and losing their star striker and it all going very toxic, isn't there? That's 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 a thing. That's an Arsenal trademark, actually. Thinking back, had to buy your
1: Oh, Aubameyang yeah. Van Persie Giroud wasn't toxic Giroud was unfortunate No but as in like, like You sold was
0: your was best striker, really striker To Chelsea
1: That's kind of Yeah but it was a, That was a weird one Because obviously we got Yang at the same time So it didn't who it didn't hurt as much As RVP Who has now ended up At Chelsea as well And probably you know do Doing Giroud and Friday Win the Champions
0: League Or something fucking annoying Like that Are you thinking What I'm thinking um, Gabby Jesus mate Two years He's moving to the bridge I mean they were keen on him <laughs> They were keen on him <laughs>
1: <laughs> they were keen on him um, in the summer. Or maybe maybe Martinelli,
0: mate. Whoa, that would hurt. Uh, I think no, that would hurt that's... more than any. I think.
1: Yeah, if Martinelli moved, I think I'd stop watching football. To be honest with you, like, yeah,
0: him and Saka are the, the jewels in that crown right now. Yeah,
1: he'll, he'll sign. He'll sign the thing. He'll sign the thing. Yeah, he'll probably sign. Anyway, the ting. I, I'm, I, I honestly, since we started this pod, I've spoken about maybe. Hypothetically, Chelsea stealing our best players time and time again over various episodes, and I just don't want to go there again, to be honest. Like, fucking leave them lying, <laughs> right? They're not for sale. We're better than Chelsea now, all right? We'll be buying from them. <laughs> so, fuck you, Chelsea. <laughs> uh, I'd love to
0: see that. Um, I'd love to vexed. See that. Just go pitch you know
1: Mason I Mount. Mean? Like, no. I fucking love that. Yeah, just go fucking have Mason Mount. Come on, get my own back. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna start the rumor. I'm just gonna fucking hit up Fabrizio Romano and just be like, "Yeah, we're in for Mount. Done deal. I'm insider, Here we in go. Dun- <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just start being like, "Yeah, we're after Rich James. you no, you're not. Yeah, we are. we're after Rich James. Yeah, trust. We're, we're gonna. S- James trust, me trust. Bro. Trust. trust me, bro. Trust me, bro. Oh, Anyway, I'm getting vexed. So let's just move on to The final game yeah. And as you said This was var mm. Um Yeah I don't know where to start
0: Let's start F- With Rodri's mate, goal FC Copenhagen 0 Manchester City 0 Bit of context mate A Bit of colour People might assume We're not talking about this game Because there are other terrible games But yeah This was rubbish
1: Here's a fun stat And I could be wrong So I'm going to quickly Verify this While I keep talking is this the first time that a team has played City this season and not conceded? I think it is. I think it is. I think it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is, mate. So <laughs> Copenhagen, giant beaters. I know it was a nil-nil, and it was a very strange game in terms of VAR, but still, big credit to to Copenhagen.
0: I couldn't agree more. I thought they were brilliant. I thought this was going to be a very easy three-four-nil as usual. It's not like City even put out a bad team. They just rested Holland and Foden, but everyone else. I mean, De Bruyne was there. Gundogan was there. Jack Grealish was mm. there. They're not exactly short sure of options. Um, but yeah, I thought Copenhagen were brilliant. They fought for everything. They showed a surprisingly good amount of quality on the ball. Uh, their finishing was you know, not quite on the same level as City, but whose is, really. Um, and they got a bit lucky sometimes, but you make your own luck. And the most impressive stat from the game is that Six of the starters were 20 or under For FC Copenhagen So it's a really young team, a lot of kids And three Danish internationals Or under 21 internationals as well So Denmark Who are actually a very very good team Internationally, I think they're in the top 10 globally In rankings They've got quite a production line of talent And one to watch
1: Yeah Yeah, I mean Sorry I've got to stop saying I mean I realise I use it as a comma, trying to get away from this it was a strange game, but I think it's a great experience for Copenhagen, you know, to play against one of the best teams in Europe. And, you know, it was a stark difference from that 5-0 hammering that we saw at the Etihad. And I think you know, that's a massive positive for them. There is question marks over whether Grealish and Mahrez can play together in the same team. I almost feel like they're both the same player. There's no Foden to kind of do that incisive run. You know, they both cut back and try and you know, either do the over. I don't know, it just didn't seem to have the same... Yeah, <sighs> I, I killer instinct with both of them on the flanks they like compared they do, to when Foden said they like,
0: they like to dribble, they like to carry the ball, but yeah, they both kind of hang around the edges of the box rather than get in the middle, which is what Foden does really mm. well. So there's probably something mm. in there. Also, you know, they didn't win, but City have still qualified anyway. So I think they probably weren't, they yeah. weren't at full throttle yeah. City, but that does a disservice to Copenhagen, who were really good. I thought the goalie, Gravara, had another really good game. Not a as eye it. Good penalty save as well. Very good penalty save, exactly. And I am now mm. thinking that Liverpool should have got more money out of that transfer. Three and a half mil seems yeah. like... <laughs> I assume there's a sell-on clause and I, I can totally see him rocking up for Salzburg or someone like that in a couple of years.
1: Mm. He's still young, and he? He's what, 23? 23. Yeah,
0: so. he's, he's basically a baby for a goalkeeper.
1: That's crazy. I like him. He apparently he been saying he some very bullish Liverpool, things well.
0: though in the uh, Danish media apparently he's been basically openly, openly questioning why Matt Ryan is the number one when he's performing better and he should be the number one to the newspapers so he's not scared to say what Ooh. he thinks
1: Ooh, it's a bit Mbappe about him
0: yeah but <laughs> he's he's going for it he's, he wants that spot and I think he's probably going to get it
1: I mean the two games that I've watched him against City he's been terrific so yeah, why not you know on the basis of that why the hell not Why the hell not? I didn't realise Matt Ryan was over there as well. What the fuck?
0: Yeah, quite a fall from grace, really. Although, Copenhagen are good, so who really knows? Um, Mm,
1: Not us, that's for sure.
0: Mahrez missed a penalty. My general feeling about him is he's bad at penalties, because he missed one at Anfield a few years back. He's missed a few since then, and he missed again today. So his penalty has basically cost two drop points, in theory, because a penalty should be a goal.
1: Thing is, though, I think he scored his last five.
0: Do you trust him, though? Do you know what if, I mean? If, okay. if it was England and we need to score this penalty to win the World Cup and Morris is... The oh, goal, no, you trust no,
1: him? no, oh, no, no, no. He doesn't have that look about. He doesn't have that aura exactly. when he's on the spot where you're like, this guy's going to slap it home. So Like Tony, like Kane, and so exactly. on. Yeah, so I don't think he's
0: why like is he their penalty taker still? I can only think he must be really
1: good at training. I just find it very strange. <laughs> Anything I can think of. Because I'm sure yeah. De
0: Bruyne took over for a bit and he was slapping them in. He might have missed one as well. well Gundogan took over. I assume Harlan. Yeah, Gundogan, I think, is back over. up. Gundogan was on the pitch. I don't know. I just don't fully trust him and I was not that surprised to see him miss, which for me it was uh, is reason yeah. enough to move him off because surely Pep is analysing everything and thinking about it, how to maximise penalties. But maybe he's overthought mm. it.
1: Yeah, I mean... It was a good height for the keeper. It wasn't, you know, if it was lower or higher, it if he hadn't hit it just kind of mid-high, it would have gone in. Was,
0: yeah, you know? it was a poor penalty in that it was saveable. A good penalty is unsavable.
1: Oh, you know what's funny, though? is like, I remember, like, I always remember the, my friend Nick telling me, talking to me about penalties, right? And he was like, his pet hate is when, if the player scores, the commentator will always say, and will say, it was a good penalty. If they miss mm. and it's exactly the same penalty and, and the keeper saves it, then we're like, "Oh, it wasn't a great penalty." And I feel like with Mares, that law applies. Where had that gone in on the other side, we'd have been like, "Great technique, great pen, so confident." Do you know I what don't I mean? It's always
0: because it's like you know, you ever hit it in the top or the bottom, you hit it in the corner. You don't hit it at a nice height like that at any point. I suppose
1: so. Yeah, he did kind of pillow it at the perfect height for a keeper to dive. As long as they go the right way, they're going to get a finger on it. So it. it wasn't hard enough either. I suppose so. I suppose it's just hard, isn't it, with penalties? Because generally the consensus is it's a good penalty when you score. It's a bad penalty when you yes, miss. Agreed. <laughs> but like for example, there's no nuance
0: with it. Harry Kane is good at penalties. Even if he misses, you know he's good at penalties. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, true. I think this was said a long time ago. So maybe. We have specialist penalty takers now, and that's not so true anymore. I know what you mean. I would have felt like KDB is just the natural option. I, I don't. can anything think is like just wants a piece of the action, you know, just wants to be involved in some way, whether that's penalty set pieces or otherwise.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I found, strange, I found it strange, but I was happy to see it. I mean, the penalty itself, right? Broader, big picture. Um, it was given for a handball against the defender, Boylisson, and. I'll be honest, I thought it was criminal that it was given as a penalty. I thought it was. Softest
1: pen. Softest I thought pen. There was
0: nothing in it at all. It, uh, no. His hands were literally just down and the balls just hit them. It was less of a pen than Gabrielle's on the weekend in the Liverpool Arsenal game by what? far. Um, mm. And the fact that it was given does rile me up a little bit, if I'm honest. But yeah, I thought it was justice that Marius uh, didn't score because it was criminal to give it in the first place. I don't see how a ball hitting your arm, like. You know, it just happens, right? It's not like he blocked a goal-bound shot or something.
1: Well, he was tussling with a kanji, right? It's a corner. Maybe he got thrown Arms are about. Who
0: could really say? But it's like, so so the cost of that, of that just happening, of just the randomness of that happening, is you now get a free shot on goal. The City get a free shot on goal. Like, the crime doesn't fit the reward of it at all. And then you have, like, cynical fouls on the halfway line where it's just like, oh, it's a free kick. Don't worry about it. It's, yeah, yeah it's
1: just, it's, no, it's it's maddeningly inconsistent. And, like, the worst part is, is, like, the referee actually didn't give it as an original decision. He only got called to the VAR box. And that's when he needs to be like, I don't think it's a pen. So what we need to see more of is referees actually backing themselves and backing their original decision, not just wanting to change it. Because, yeah, there's no, no way. Like, I don't know. How, how are you supposed to, you know, defend the corner without your arms? Otherwise, they're just going to run through you.
0: I have no idea.
1: It's a bit like the... The Craig Dawson Andres Pereira situation, where, like, yeah, okay, it was pretty dumb from Andres Pereira on the weekend. But, like, what are you supposed to do? Are you just going to let your, your, the person you're marking run past you in fear that it's going to hit your arm? Or are you going to, you know, it's, there needs to be more clarity on, on handball rules. And also, while we're talking about handballs, what did you think about Rodri's disallowed goal with the Mahrez handball?
0: I can understand it. Because he, I guess he does. Mahrez gains a small advantage in that the ball bounces back down and then he can lay it off. To Roger, arguably, even had he
1: touched it, like it was a tiny touch of his finger, he wasn't even looking at the ball. I don't think.
0: Oh, yeah, it's for sure. But I think that's more understandable because he's directly influenced what's happened. And maybe,
1: yeah, but are we going to rule out a thunderbolt like that? Oh, I am sad because it was such a good goal. The
0: amount of power, you know what I mean? Like, it does
1: sick. seem a bit like what are we even playing the sport for anymore? Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think the handball was was like as helpful enough to what like are we saying that the handball benefited Rodri's wonder strike? I think it was just a Rodri wonder strike. But I get it because by letter of the law if a goal's scored and there's a handball in the build-up then it's just not a goal supposedly. And you know they've implemented that on that chance. So yeah, fair enough on that one. And then obviously we had the Sergio Gomez red card, which I do think was a red card actually probably the clearest decision out of the three.
0: Yeah, I agree. But again, it just—it was weird. This was the third time the referee went to the monitor within half an hour. By the way, of this game, it was ridiculous how much time the referee spent it was, it going was back ridiculous. and forth to the monitor. And it's not like it was a quick check. He watched it about twelve times each time. Yeah, McManaman was, uh, was getting—it was basically American I football. Rate. I don't really like Steve McManaman yeah. as a commentator because I think he whines a lot. But I was—I was understanding why he was upset this time. It was a joke, and the fact they carried on playing. This is what was so frustrating. Is that they gave a penalty to City for basically just life happening and a ha- the ball hit his arm? Yes, okay, fine, but it wasn't really. There was no advantage gain There was no, there was no foul really committed. It just happened. And then you've mm. got the other side with fucking Gomez just like chopping the Copenhagen player when he's through on goal. Clearly a foul. No and and foul. The ref just carries no on. foul. And you're
1: like, uh, no. If you
0: if you did a survey of everyone, people that like football, people that don't like football, and you were like. Which of these is is more of a penalty? I'm aware that it wasn't in the box, but just you know, just objectively, which of these would be more of a penalty? Everyone would pick that one, and yet it was the other one that was called straight away as uh,
1: a foul. This is what I mean. Like referees, almost like maybe he just didn't want to make the decision because VAR is going to make a decision for him. If that's for your thinking as a ref, then there's something definitely wrong with that thinking. Yeah, you know, like because you know, like maybe his view point of view is if I don't call it and it's given at least it wasn't my decision or some shit like that who knows but referees shouldn't be thinking like that they are the ones that are accountable for you know refereeing the fucking game yeah. you know it's not about the fucking VAR box so yeah I mean what I will say saving grace is that VAR is still a very new technology in the grand scheme of football and I am I am confident that they will improve it as time goes on it's just at the moment it is really frustrating yeah uh, I
0: think it overall it's made the game worse Maybe a short-term We notice to VAR game. too much. But yeah, it's, I think that's the problem. It, it's a talking point every, every match, every weekend. It's like a large section. There's always all, one or two, right? Yeah, it's just moved the talking points, and they're just more annoying now.
1: Yeah, more annoying. yeah, I mean, I I remember the days where controversial side was either given or not given against you, and, you know, you just live a bit. That's your lot. Yeah. And I almost liked that lucky, you know, that kind of, I don't know, I feel like VAR's just taken some element of... Footballing soul, to be honest, not to be hyperbole No, it is. It's just
0: a big horrible uh, machine that we don't know who's actually running VAR, and they're just making decisions based yeah. on based on millimeters. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes. Like,
1: remember, remember, like the Agüero goal, Agüero. Yeah, to get that first title. Imagine that VAR. Imagine if
0: like
1: yeah. VAR'd out. You know, for a marginal fucking toe. Oh, oh, we might be getting robbed of some amazing moments in football just for these. But anyway but all in all let's just move on because we did it dallying now fair play Manchester City probably should have lost after going man down they didn't and Copenhagen gave a great representation of who they are so I agree. happy days right you wanted to talk about a team in turmoil in Turin (laughs) nice Uh, Juventus they lost 2-0 to Maccabi Haifa yesterday and as it stands are more than likely to go out of the Champions League in the group stage
0: Yes, that is true. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really know where to begin with this. Juventus have actually been awful all season, ever since um, Allegri has come back for his, for his second spell. I think he's one of the highest... I think he's earning a lot more money than he was when he was there the first time as well, which is ironic. Um, but, yeah, yeah, they're currently third in their Champions League group, which contains PSG, Benfica, Juventus, and Maccabi Haifa. And they are joint bottom with three points after mm. four games three losses and one win their only win was at home to Maccabee Haifa um, in the previous fixture last week so they've lost 2-0 away to Maccabee Haifa no offence to them but for context this is Maccabee Haifa's first ever League win so you are expected to beat them
1: fucking hell goodness me uh,
0: their last two games to the Griefer yeah. against Benfica and PSG I mean it feels certain that they're going to get no points from that and on top of that it's not that like they prioritise domestic form. They are ninth in Syria. Not even close, close to the title struggling race. struggling out here. So right now, yeah. you look at it as a broader picture. Um, Allegri's struggling. The points aren't there. The performances are terrible. And the football. We complain about Conte. This is like another level of boredom. It's awful. Mm-hmm. It's just awful. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. from an Arsenal perspective, it must be quite nice that the sensible choice three years ago was to get Allegri in. He's a Champions League Regular manager He's won the league a lot He knows He knows football mate He's got proper pedigree And instead you got Man City's Assistant assistant coach Fresh from You know Rookie training school And three years on It's funny how things Work out isn't it
1: Yeah I mean I was I remember even before Unai came in I was desperate for Allegri You know I thought He's a, You know He looks great on the touchline And I don't know why but you just assumed he was doing an amazing job right at Juventus because in two, two Champions League finals he got two of them yeah so it's because um, they won back to back to back to back Scudetto exactly he's, you know it's just like in your head you're like he's a world class manager and you rightly said he's on £36 million contract over I think it's three years maybe five years I don't know but basically it's money that Juventus can't afford to pay off so that's probably why we're seeing ultimately why Allegri hasn't actually been released yet yeah um let's talk about their departures over the summer obviously they lost a the lict to Bayern so probably,
0: who else did they sell more I'm trying to think it's quite a weird transfer when you think about it that a, well, they lost Chiellini
1: there. as well didn't they that's yeah. it they lost Chiellini as well so yeah and I don't know they replaced it with what was his name you know that really touted uh, centre back
0: um,
1: it begins with W
0: played for Torino right
1: yeah Signed in the summer He was meant to go to Inter But Inter fucked it up somehow Bremer His name was Bremer sorry um, But I just don't think it's like for like Like And And Chiellini It's a big loss to your back yeah, line Yeah but then they've got it? Bremer And they've Even got Benucci experience. still
0: But Seems like but Benucci's probably past it at 35 it isn't Seems it? like him and Benucci don't get on that well I don't think Benucci really likes him I think he was dropped quite a lot back in the day And doesn't seem to be playing with the same ferocity at the moment, almost mm. like, and this is pure speculation, but he wouldn't mind a little change in the dugout.
1: Yeah, I think they need it. Um, I don't know, they spend so much money, yeah, the midfielders, and yet they are getting overrun in midfield, like Rabio and Meston McKenna yesterday. I'm sorry, that is such an uninspiring midfield. Yeah,
0: Rabio is Rabiot's another player who you think is good, but is actually not good. And Weston McKennie is hard to quantify, but I don't think
1: I think Weston McKenney's just like solid. Yeah, he, you know he's like Pierre Holberg he, for exactly. Tottenham he's, Holberg, he's a bit like Xhaka He's like Xhaka,
0: he's, he's that guy.
1: Yeah, but Tomane level. You know, he's, he's not good at any one thing, but he's good enough. But I, you know, he compliments a player. He's not the player. Yeah, and, uh, I doubt. I I guess Pogba's out, and Pogba's Pogba's career is in. You know, it's in a tough place with the whole blackmail stuff going on, as well as his injury. They just can't yeah, resist. I mean, he, will we see? They picked up
0: Kostic unnecessary transfer in the summer.
1: Their transfer policy in the last couple of years has been trash to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. And this is probably one of the big factors. They've just got all these different expensive parts on ridiculous contracts because Italy had that Mm. period where they were doing like tax-free earnings or something or tax reimbursements to attract elite footballers to Italy. So if you went to Italy and you had a £200,000 a week contract for example you'd take home £200,000 a week. The government would subsidize mm. the tax or something. So, something, something, something wow. like that. That's how they got. Some dodgy yeah, shit. Yeah, that's how they got all these like big stars in the last few years, and then they sort of turned that tap off now. Basically, they tried to do the China model of giving people loads of money to pop up their league, and eh, unsurprisingly, people just went there as Backfire, mercenaries. Massively.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at their team lineup yesterday. 4 4 2, apparently. With Vlaovic up top with Di Maria. Forgot they bought Di Maria as well from PSG, can I just add? Yeah. Quadrado um, on the left, Weston McKennie on the right. I'm not sure if that's completely correct. And I've you've got Paredes s- and Rabiot in the middle. Sounds
0: like a 4 3 3 to me.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a 4 3 3. I think probably Quadrado pushes up a little bit and Vladvich goes in the middle, right? but Either way, you look at that team, and on paper, they should not be losing to Maccabi Haifa. <laughs> <You know? No. laughs> There's no way. The quality is there, man. All respect. They spent a lot on all as well to for him not to be formally.
0: No team of the League should be losing to Maccabee Haifa. Statistically. Mm. Yeah, you don't want to be the team yeah. that gives them their first Champions League win
1: no that's a really you know that you'll be reminded of that in like 7 years time yeah, kind you're of thing. now like you know, that's always be a burden.
0: That's where you. that's where you are now anyway yeah. moving on to yeah. one more troublemaker before we wrap things up Kylian Mbappe the latest gossip is that he wants to leave PSG having signed a new two year contract over the summer after a pretty pretty painful transfer saga involving Real Madrid Um, the new contract involved a disgusting amount of money per week and also him apparently being the sporting director and having a much bigger say in how things are operate at PSG the information is that he's not really the sporting director at all it turns out and he doesn't have that much influence and he now wants to leave as a result of that I personally think he's being a big baby um, about it all and if anything he's damaging his own Sort of personal brand sporting brands by doing it
1: massively massively yeah i said it to you before we started like what kind of person throws their toys out the pram and wants to leave because you forced to play with neymar and messi up front like, fucking hell, dude. <laughs> get your shit together like people aren't gonna be able to heat their homes this fucking winter and you're crying about playing with messi and neymar two of the generational talents age. oh it's just Honestly, his ego's got too big. Yeah. Like this isn't the kind of arrogance we touched on with Haaland, where it's likable, and you know, like it's a different kind of arrogance. This, this is like this is a very unlikable side of Kylian Mbappe that we're seeing.
0: I mean, this is compounded by him initially refusing to do the France team photo during the Nations League um, rounded fixtures because it conflicted with his image rights. So he had to get that cleared. This is a guy who's basically his ego has been inflated so much that it's, it's just spiralled out of control now i think
1: he is bigger than the club and that's such a problem right yeah. that is such a problem but imagine jack demanding a 100 million contract no sorry 100 million up front and then you've got your what was it 800,000 a week contract or some shit yeah. right so you as in Kylian Mbappé has engineered this whole fucking contract and less than 6 months after being like i want to help developed French. All this bullshit about why he stayed at PSG—it was just about money. And now you're kicking your toys out the pram because your manager's playing you out of position. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> <laughs> you so sad for you, Killian. Listen, mate.
0: He's God, a sporting director. He should get to say where he plays, because otherwise he'll be like, "Do you know what, Galtier? He's oh, just... fired. He thinks he's added sugar. That's what's happened here.
1: He actually does. He really does think he's." actually doing my head in. I don't even support PSG. I'd love to know what PSG fans think about this. must be so split. Yeah. But anyway, the re- where we are with this one is apparently he wants to leave in January. I don't see anyone being able to afford it. But let's just entertain it. Um, famously, PSG's chairman, is it Nasser El I hope that's right. He fucking hates Florentino Perez. <laughs> There's so much beef between the two. So I he's really just like... like you just can, as
0: a model. You can leave. It's like old money... <laughs> Versus new money. And it's just that that constant (laughs) battle between like Perez being like, they have no class. They have no business in this game. We are royalty. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Who is this old guy? He doesn't know anything about this sport. Archaic motherfucker. I love it. They're never going to get on.
1: They'll never get on. They don't get on. It was the whole Super League. We already know where he's going to go,
0: man. Barcelona. (sighs) Yeah. I just don't think.
1: Let's Barca, and, you know, fucking hack down the money tree one final time. I just don't see them. they They're
0: going to get, sell get 100% of <laughs> all of their TV money to sign Mbappe oh. now for the next 30 years. But they wouldn't,
1: because they're going to get Messi back on a the free. They're going and then to get you know, both of
0: them.
1: Just... Kylian doesn't want to play with Messi. You no, know, because oh, Kylian is the best player in the world. So, you know, I can't see him going to Barca. His ego won't have it and I can't see him fitting into any English team bar Chelsea because if he's got a problem playing with Messi and fucking Neymar how is he going to fit in with you know other teams that are loaded with superstars and does he have the humility to be able to assimilate and play for the team as opposed to play for himself I just don't think so and that won't wash in the Prem yeah the
0: irony is that there were very minor minor links with Liverpool at one point it was probably just speculation but in the current situation we're in, even though we're struggling, a character that out of control, egotistically, and the sort of money involved—I'd be very uncomfortable with that transfer ever happening right now. No matter how good he is, he feels like too much trouble to be worth it and too expensive. It's just too much trouble too to too much come with baggage. it, isn't it? He's getting too, into the too much, much baggage. baggage. Area.
1: But at twenty-two, like he needs to calm down. Yeah, he needs to calm down.
0: Like and this is what happens where you, you win just player you're digging yourself a and hole. Walk up and Basically all the trophies,
1: apart from Champions League, really. I know, but seriously, dude, like it's not a good look. And we're talking about you, Mbappe. Like you're making PSG look like a fair and gentlemanly <laughs> yeah, know, club. Like how are you making
0: them look like the look, like look, uh, like, look like the yeah, victim? How are you making? Yeah,
1: you know something. I'm like, you know, PSG have got principles. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: just a historical, lovely, well-run club. Mm, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, honestly, like the best thing they could do is just let him walk, you know, tear up that contract, ask for the pro signing on fee if you're able to do that. I don't know, like I would just leave him out. You know I what mean, I mean? Like they don't actually yeah. PSG need PSG don't uh, Mbappe need anybody. at this
0: point. PSG will just sit him on the bench for as long as it yeah,
1: takes. Oh, I feel like we need a French person on because I feel like Mbappé's star is so bright in France, like there's a political aspect if they were to do that. Yeah, he's the poster boy for Pretty much French football at this he point, is,
0: and I feel like this is this is this is why this World Cup is the French implosion tournament.
1: I think so. All signs are leading yes. towards a massive implosion group stage group stage knockout for, for France. Yes. Man, a, a,
0: like, a, like a tunnel bust up between Mbappe and someone else. It's all there. All the ingredients are there. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's going to be some bust ups for sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you completely on that. Yeah. It's all leading like Pogba's out as well. Kante's struggling for form. Their key players are out, mate. Mm-hmm.
0: It's all lining up. So, yeah. to crash out on penalties. <laughs> <laughs> it's all lining up.
1: <laughs> literally, literally, I can't wait for the heartbreak. Fuck me.
0: So, it's going to be a very oh. sombre episode when that happens.
1: Can't wait. we edging closer towards it now. Yeah. It's going to be fun doing a World Cup coverage, isn't it? Yeah,
0: that'd be really good. It's a good excuse to watch all the games as well. Take it in.
1: God bless well Jack I think we're done I, I, I think, think we're
0: done I think we're done as always this was a pleasure lovely stuff thank you for listening you know how I feel about socials follow them don't worry yeah, about LinkedIn that's
1: at FT backseat football is it <laughs> I can't even remember the different tags at
0: FT backseat football on Twitter from the backseat it just
1: sounds wrong to say it like that doesn't Look, it if
0: you put from the backseat football you're not going to have a bad time you know the logo yeah
1: yeah yeah you know guys by now so please hit us up keep up the engagement we're going to be back post weekend and yeah have a great week until then wish you the same jack
0: thank you very much goodbye everyone